Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And Forrest. Hello. All right, so I'm making sure to occasionally glance over to GarageBand because man was our audio peaking way too much last week <laughs> and I didn't realize it until I was editing the show and mm. I think I have it fixed and so it's if okay. It, if it sounds terrible, that's it was your fault? Yes, no, it was your audio was perfect, Seth. It was pristine and ours was Oh, thank you, thank you. Ours was very bad. <laughs> But it was still listenable, so I didn't can the episode. Um, we so, love to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Man. Gotta, All right. Got to live and learn, fellas. Listen, sometimes life hands you lemons, and you forget how to make lemonade. <laughs> and That's true. That Last week was one of those things. You know, and now this Frankly, week, I don't know that if you gave me lemons, I could make lemonade. Yeah, I could certainly. Now, if you give me like up. some some kind of mix, I could do it. But yeah, like if know. life gives me lemonade mix, I can make lemonade. But just straight <laughs> okay. lemons. Mm. If you gave me lemonade, I can definitely say I couldn't make lemons out of it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So um, we're gonna get into what we played, which I finished, like I said I would. SteamWorld Quest Hand of Gilgamesh, and I have a lot of feelings about this game. Uh, it is a good game. I don't. It is probably my least favorite SteamWorld game. Uh, mm. it, yeah, it's hard. Is that including the tower defense game? So never mind because I I, I always forget that one exists, <laughs> and you always remind me. So I've never actually played it. Yeah. I just know it's a, it's real. So I never played that one, but yeah, this is my least favorite one of the ones that I've played. And I I still think it's a good game, but so let me get to the premise of I have to explain how the game is played for me to explain why I don't like it, which might be better radio or podcast material anyways. So in the game, you eventually get a party of five characters. And each of the characters plays differently. And you can build... Each character has a mini deck of eight cards that you can give them. And that comprises a whole deck of 24 that you pull from to attack with. uh, Attack enemies with. And so you're getting up to this hand of like 7 to 10 cards, I think. I can't remember the exact number now. And you can build combos or choose to do attacks with different characters. And you have to build up, like, mana with basic attacks, which do take up spots in your deck, to use more powerful cards. So you have to keep that balanced. So I think that that mechanic is fun and good, but the problem is there's a lot of randomness involved with that. And so the issue is that the game moves along at a nice clip when you are fighting normal enemies, like random, not random enemies. You see them on the map. You you can choose to engage with them or not. You can try to avoid them. But the issue comes with uh, when you are fighting bosses. And that is because you get this hand of 7 to 10 cards and that it either 
flows real well or it doesn't. And it doesn't matter, at least in my experience, how well you refine your deck. It just, there are times when you get, there were times that I had no mana built up and I continually got hands of cards with just mana cards. And I had a pretty solid balance between, I would do four basic attacks and four mana cards, essentially, per character. And it just, it would seem like there would be times where I'd get nothing but the ones that required me to have power built up. And it was really frustrating, especially on bosses, because you would just be getting hammered by bosses and not having cards you could use. Uh, and the, the game has a mechanic where you can like mulligan two cards in your hand to try to get something else. But once again, you have the chance of not getting basic attack cards because it all pulls from this normalized deck. And I don't know. I, I really liked it, but it, when it came to boss fights where you really had to plan out and strategize your moves the random element really frustrated me <laughs> and it made it less about skill and strategy and more about the the heart of the cards <laughs> and I you know it. i was about to bring that up <laughs> yeah i did Did it. you believe in the heart of the cards is that what got you through i lost a lot end? of faith um, <laughs> i lost a lot of faith in the heart of the cards Shame. there's the problem the pharaoh would be very disappointed in you yeah the the genre by nature is always going to have a degree of randomness although it is it's always fishy in um games where that randomness is decided by the same computer which is controlling the enemies that you are fighting yes um but yeah it's like that stuff often is just going to happen and even if you have really good setups you Sometimes the cards just do not will it. The stars are wrong, and you yeah. are destined to fail. Yeah, and that's and that's some of the frustration I hit, especially in the late game, the last couple of chapters. The difficulty hits a real spike, and man, it just getting yeah. bad hands on top getting, of that. Once you get like two or three bad hands, you end up having to like just reconcile with the fact that okay this is a wash i need to redo it and so i had to fight the final boss like four times and uh, it just it was fine i i like the game aside from the randomness like it's really it's hard to reconcile those two things because i love the steamroll aesthetic i love um i love the uniqueness of the characters I love that uh, image, I think it, Image and Form Studios, I think that's the one that does it. Um, their willingness to push boundaries, they, they really have not made like the same game twice. They're always making different stuff and they're always trying new things. And it, it was just hard. I, I can maybe I can't suplex certify this because I can't tell people to with a good heart like that you will like this I will feel nervous about telling people that because of this the mechanic 
I liked it, but it added a lot of frustration to me. <laughs> and if I did not like the series so much and I did not want to report on it in a full capacity, I probably would have just stopped after the, after there's like a, a, you know, video games have this thing where you fight a quote unquote final boss and then you fight another final boss. So I probably would have quit in that first final boss because he was way harder than the actual final boss. So there's my, my Steam World Quest review. I liked it, but I don't know if I can recommend it because of the mechanics in it. I, it's just frustrating. Fair enough. I, I wonder, Seth, if any of that sounds like Slay the Spire. I know we talked about that a little bit last week. Because I've wanted to play Slay the Spire, but I don't know if I would get frustrated by it like this. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, like I said, there is, because it's, it's sort of, uh, it's, it's that kind of deck building game. Um, and like even there, there's, there's always going to be randomness in the cards that are in your hand. Um, and there's, but, and there's also randomness in the cards that you are going to have the ability to add to your deck. Um, and so, I don't know, there is, there is that in it, and there can, it does lead to, like, these frustrating outcomes, um, I mean, it mitigates some of that by, uh, you, you see the, uh, what your enemy is going to do every turn, so you, like, before they do it, so you're able to um, prepare and that way with the stuff that you have. Oh, okay. Steamworld doesn't do that. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it does get like, there are times that it gets frustrating. Um, like if you are deep in a run and you're, you kind of have a setup that has been working and then you just run into an enemy or a boss and you just don't get the cards and your run is kind of over. Um, but I think it's by nature going to be less frustrating because even though it has those those same issues since the game is like it's sort of based on the 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 randomness at the outset because it's a it's a roguelike game so every time right. every every new right. run that you're going on is is a different experience um and it's sort of implicit in the thing that you are going to fail and try again with a different setup. Um, so it's not like you're beating your head against the wall uh, against the same enemies with the same uh, kit. Like, each time that you'll go up against a boss, you'll have a slightly different set of cards, and you'll get different draws, and, and there will be different circumstances. You'll have different artifacts that modify um, the way you play or whatever. Um, so even though it does like it, it, you will encounter the same issues. I think just because of the nature of the game, um, it, they are mitigated a little bit because you sort of go into it expecting that. Yeah. And I, uh, also another mechanic. So, so in Slay the Spire, there's characters, right, Seth? Um, there are, I mean, there, you, 
choose one of three like they're sort of characters but they're not they're more just like classes oh okay um, okay like they aren't characters with like agency or backstory or anything okay um, so they are just like certain they're archetypes that have certain cards that are in their pool so in this game you like they have that and you pick three out of five but the problem is they don't all level up and there is an rpg element to this game Mm -hmm. so you eventually by the end of it unless you go back and grind previous chapters just end up sticking to three out of the five characters unless you want to grind uh to build characters up which i guess is something you could do but it's this game is definitely not a roguelike and so there's no reward for doing that you know what i mean right and you can't like uh you can't like final fantasy 10 characters in and out of battle (laughs) to get different uh like setups which would be cool that'd be a really neat mechanic that probably could have helped because when you man there's nothing more frustrating getting into a battle with a surprise lightning elementals and um the only elemental cards you happen to have in your deck at the time are uh lightning like the the only elemental cards you have are lightning so you just heal them unless you're doing Uh unless you're doing melee damage which then damages you so you have to like it's a war of attrition at that point oh frustrating okay but yeah that game it's a game i liked it can't fully recommend it because of that but i'm i'm the no risk way for me here is to try slay the spire through game pass and so that's what i'm gonna do because yeah like that's a perfect way to to check it out like i mean it's it's good um, but I, I don't know what your feelings on roguelike games are. Um, I've played a couple. I like, I like, uh, enter the gungeon. I like, um, steam world heist was a roguelike kind of, cause each of the levels were randomized, but they weren't never ending. Like each of the levels just were random, randomly generated when you started them. But I didn't know that till halfway through the game. But oh. yeah, there was one time where I started a mission because I died, and I was like, "Huh, this is entirely different." And I looked it up, and it's because yeah, the, each of the levels were randomized before you started. Yep. Nice. So okay. Yep. So, but it's I. I don't know. I think you you might like find that those issues are not as big a deal. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to try it. I'm going to be spending we'll get into that in the news section, but I'm excited to spend a lot more time with my Xbox in the next couple weeks because of some fun things that are happening. But um go ahead, Seth, what have you played this week? Uh so I have officially wrapped up my time with Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. I defeated all of the data battles. Um Kind of the the secret boss. I kind of decided to, I gave it a couple tries and then decided uh, I don't really want to put in the time to figure this one out because it, it it at least at the outset appears much more um, complex and more demanding than the other fights were, uh, and like you know I just I got kind of tired of it and I kind of just wanted to see the ending, 
Um, and you know I, what? It's okay. That's fine. Y- yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I felt like I had, I had earned it with the amount of time that I put into fighting the previous 13 bosses. Uh, speaking of time, I really wanted to find out how much total time I put into fighting these enemies, uh, these these organization members. Um, strange thing is, though, Kingdom Hearts 3, it does have a, a playtime tracker. Um, and I think at the the end of like the base game I was at like 61 or 63 somewhere in that range um which is a lot of time um but the strange thing I don't remember when I started noticing this but the strange thing is it seems like in the DLC when you are in these battles it does not count your playtime like it doesn't track it oh no um like, I don't know if it... I, I'm trying to figure out why, because, like, what it's at right now is, like, 67. And so that is about a, you know, a, a between four and six hours, depending on what the um, the original time was that I spent on these bosses. Which would, like, if that was true... I am maybe the best Kingdom Hearts player who has ever existed. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it took me that much time to figure out the first boss and defeat them. Um, and like, I don't know, I don't know what the issue is. Um, like, my theory is that when you restart a battle, it it's either not tracking them in the actual battles. Or it is only tracking the successful battles, and so if you restart one, it doesn't add that time. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's it's really hard to tell because I was really interested, and there's no like the PlayStation doesn't have any built-in way to see um, your hours put in a game, right. and like and there's also nowhere online that you can go. You you do get they do send out like this weekly digest that shows you. <laughs> At at the top, it it doesn't show you how many hours you played in the previous week or anything, but it does show you like your total, and so you can, I guess, go week by week and sort of subtract the numbers to get it. Yeah. Um, but I could not find that, so, um, I because I really want to know because I feel like the amount of time that I spent because of these boss battles in the DLC was at least comparable to the amount of time that I spent playing the base game. Um, but it's it's impossible to know. Uh, that said, while I... Um, I'm not going to talk about... Okay, while I enjoyed the... I really enjoyed the battles, the, the challenge that it posed, um, and the way like it demanded precision... And the way, like, it made you think about battles in ways that you didn't have to in the normal game. Like, the only the only way you're going to win these battles is by memorizing these attack patterns, finding, like, experimenting and finding those places that you can break them up and deal damage, and then doing it perfectly. 
Um, there were so many battles where I had I'd gotten to the point where I knew everything that was coming, and then it was just a matter of execution. Um, and there were a bunch, there were like a lot of battles where I had to do it over and over and over, even though I knew exactly what what was coming and when I had to do what. Um, just because, like, especially in the latter stages of the fights, you have to you, there's there becomes very little margin for error, and that is I think that's a really like it's really fun in it's fun in a way that the base game it's it's a different kind of fun from the base game um and it's like i remember when i started the journey on this podcast i um likened it to sekiro um and it is it does maintain that kind of that sort of attitude about the game that it's like we're not going to allow you to just sit back and allow this fight to come to you like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get in there and actively go at this and figure it out yourself um and while like that's something that in some games it appeals to me in other games it doesn't it worked for me in this game um because the fights are really well designed and there's a lot of varying mechanics um and you know i just have a a natural inclination for these characters um that said i don't know that this part is going to be for everybody and so if you are not in that like not in that in that portion of the audience who is interested in that stuff (laughs) then what you are left with is the three-ish four-ish hour dlc uh quote-unquote campaign um, which we have discussed already. We've, we discussed yeah. previously on here. Um, and the, the bits of lore that are in it. Um, I would argue that the majority of people who are putting down money to get the DLC are doing it because they want that extra lore and extra story content. Um, and if that is you, do not pay money for this. It is absolutely not worth it for the stuff that they add. Um, like, there's, there's not really, there's not really any way to um, soften that statement. Like, the, it's, it's not enough for the, like, thirty dollars can get you an entire game. Um, yeah, and one that is probably longer than the combined amount of time that even I spent playing this. Um, and which will, uh, respect you more with the amount, like the, 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 the time, the care that is put into the, the story in those games. Um, this, it's like, I love the battles. They were super fun, but the stuff are, the stuff that around it is, it's not good. Like it's more Kingdom Hearts weirdness um for better and worse i think mostly for worse like like i said when we when we went over the remind uh campaign like the story section i don't feel that it actually added really anything substantial um and anything worth 
having spent that time. No, it's just, just fleshing out. And yeah. the way that they... The way they frame the stuff that at, that is added is like the in the most baffling design decision. Like if you are a person who plays straight through the game and then goes immediately into the DLC, I imagine it is an infinitely worse experience because it's literally just playing the same thing over again. Yeah. Um the new like the actual new stuff in the DLC uh, is pretty cool, but it's so small, and I'm talking about the story stuff. It's so minuscule compared to the other stuff that's going on. Um, and then like the sort of payoff, if you are one, if you're someone like me who is playing through these super hard fights to get to that, the what you expect is the super juicy ending. Um, even the payoff there. Uh, which I refuse to get into uh, on this episode. Um, it's it's not it's not worth it. Um, like even like just content wise, we uh, I feel like what we we've come to expect with these these secret endings are like these amazing like cinematic sequences at the end of the games. Um, and that's what was the secret ending of the original base game. Um, on, and honestly, the secret ending of the DLC is does not live up to that. I mean, it's cool in other ways, but it's also, like, it's eminently frustrating that that's the end. Like, when I watched it, uh, I watched it on YouTube. Like, my initial reaction was like, wait, that's it? Um, and there is, like, on subsequent viewings... Uh, there's some other stuff to be gleaned that makes it a little more, uh, a little more, uh, exciting. Um, but it's also like, I don't know, it's like a 30 second clip basically, or at least that's what it feels like. Uh, like there's so little of it after all the potential effort that is put into it. Um, so yeah. Uh, don't buy it. That's what I have to say about this. <laughs> just watch it on, watch it on YouTube. Like, just look up the new stuff and watch it on YouTube. It's hard because I, on one hand, agree with you. But on the other hand, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying and I agree with you. And if I had known... If I had known going in what I was getting for $30, I probably would have just watched it all on YouTube. Yeah, but, I mean, so much of it, outside, like, so much of the Remind itself, it's like 85% reuse stuff from the original game. Yeah. And then, like, 5 to 7% is insignificant stuff that no one really ever was asking about or cared about. And then there's a little kernel that is some actual interesting, compelling new stuff. Um, and that's like, I think there's a way that they could have actually done the DLC, even with like the same story stuff, if they had framed it in a different way 
um, and had it actually been a like a coda to the story instead of like have something new happening rather than literally doing the same stuff over again that uh, that it would have it maybe would have tipped me to the okay this is worth playing um but like i said unless you want those the brutal boss battles um and i'm sure there's a lot of people that that is enough for um because those i know those those were big draws in in the other games like the super bosses have always been uh, uh an important part of the games and like going back to Kingdom Hearts 2 with the the original data org like that was a big deal when they added those um and so if you are a person who wants that stuff then yeah I think you will enjoy it um because there's a lot of fun to be had figuring them out um but uh I feel like that <laughs> group is outweighed by the people who just want more of the story and for those people it's it's not it's not up to it's not up to snuff and they should stay away from it all right i i i kind of want to get into like i kind of want to get into the the secret ending but i know that you are embittered by it a little, so we don't need to. Um, because you you said you refuse, and I, I mean, I, I mean, I would like that. to do it at some point. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've inundated this, um, podcast with Kingdom Hearts talk. Um, enough. And the the actual story and. The, the stuff that's in the secret ending is so it's so dense like okay so I was I was sitting <laughs> in my living room the other day yeah um I haven't watched that 20 minute video you sent me yet by the way but oh yeah that's uh I will say the secret ending has led to a lot of uh humorous some humorous some intriguing um theory crafting on youtube which of course kingdom hearts is always going to do uh and there are some that are that are very good like and i don't mean good as in they are offer compelling arguments i just mean like (laughs) it's good pure entertainment value (laughs) like if you read the transcripts of some of this it would literally just be word salad um (laughs) yummy yummy it's it's insane um yeah Look those up. They're great. Like, you won't understand them, but I don't understand them, and I've played all the games um, because they're nonsense. Um, but no, so I was I was sitting in my living room the other day uh, with two of my roommates. We were about to watch a movie, and I was, I was telling one of them um, about, like, my decision to, to, to not fight that last boss because... Um, on Sunday, I was about to leave to go somewhere with one of my roommates, and I was—I had just finished the last 
of the organization fights. Uh, and, like, he walked in and saw that happen, and then, um, like, it immediately after a cutscene goes into this, the secret boss fight, and, um, and I, and I, when that happened, I paused it, and I was like, I'm not doing this right now, and then we left. Um, but so I told him about how I decided not to do it, because it was incredibly hard. Um, and so, and, and then I told him how the, like, the ending was, was crazy and whatever. Um, and he was like, explain it to me. Um, (laughs) that is always a horrible idea because next thing you know, you're spending an hour explaining birth by sleep to someone. Well, okay. So I, so, so I told him. I told him, I can't explain the story of Kingdom Hearts to you. It would take far too long. Um, but the thing about, like, the Remind ending is that you don't just have to know the story of Kingdom Hearts. You also have to know the incredibly meta-narrative of Tetsuya Nomura's game development career. Yes. Yeah. Um, and... Like, that is a whole... It's... There's no, like, easy way to discuss it outside of with people who already know all of the background. Which is, you know, that's a just one problem that I have with it. Um, and so, like, I, I would like to attempt a discussion about it at some point. But I just feel like it's so dense that there's not really and there's not really a way into it like to to begin a discussion about it especially on a podcast where we're not just dedicated to talking about kingdom hearts each week even though uh you know it despite what i have been doing for the past (laughs) however many weeks yeah yeah fair enough but maybe maybe we'll try it one day one day Forrest, what have you been playing? I played some Murakami, which nice. beautiful game, but like it's really dated. Uh, combat feels weird, and th- like the camera itself just moves so slow for my my hypersensitive boost, my look sensitive sensitivity up to ten self. It just it like combat is actually a chore because I can't move the camera around in a way that I'd like. And well that's no good. No, it's not. Even though I enjoy using the um the celestial brush to like puzzle solve and like utilize it in combat to like slash enemies after I hit them a few times. And I I like a lot of the ideas in the game. But the way it's implemented is not the most polished. And maybe, like, my gripes with that are because it is just an older way of designing games before we started streamlining a bunch of things. I mean, this game is 14 years old. Yes, so exactly. But, I mean, by the time Okami came out, Kingdom Hearts 2 was already out, right? Um, or at least around there, and just looking from a combat perspective, Kingdom Hearts 2 has a much easier time 
with it, like with having an enjoyable combat system and a good camera system to work with it and a lock-on system for enemies. Yeah, but that was like Kingdom Hearts is made by Square Enix, which Kingdom has, Hearts 2 has an all-time great combat system. Yes. Yeah. And Okami was made by Capcom who has never made a game like this before though. But like the that, lead director of Okami is Hideki Kamiya, the creator of DMC1. I mean, that's fair. Like, like it just... This is some, also a game meant to be played on the Wii. So y- y- fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I, get, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, for a game made by someone who... I and I would assume some other people would consider one of the the godfathers of like fast paced and like character action games. This game is not that, and maybe that that is my problem is that I maybe had a little bit of that mindset going into it when I should be just thinking about what the game is instead of what I thought it was going to be. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's really all I have for right now. I, like I said, I love using the celestial brush to puzzle solve. I and I like all most of the characters, um, and the villagers and stuff. And it's a nice, quaint little game, which is very dated. It was actually uh, originally released for PS2, David. Really. Ugh. I forget that. Yep. I thought it was for Wii. I didn't want to call you on it. No, call <laughs> me on it. I if I am wrong. I mean, look, it's a game from 2006. It's it's <laughs> yeah, it's also... going to be dated. And also, like, I think it's probably a it's 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 not a credit to it if you're going to compare it to uh, one modern uh, platinum games because that is what is in in your brain. Uh, because you know it's it's a Hideki Kamiya game. Yeah. Um, it's also not. I don't know that it's even fair to compare it to the original Devil May Cry, uh, when the game is like, it's supposed to be a a Zelda game basically. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is supposed to be a wolf Zelda game. Yeah. And from, from like when I'm doing pu- puzzle solving and like traversing the environment. In interacting with characters, I like my mindset is in that proper uh, space where I'm thinking, yeah, this is like Zelda. But like the moment combat starts, I just keep wishing that it was something else. And hopefully, I'll get past well, sure. that soon. When there, when there are other, when there's better combat, you know, it's it, that's one of the things that can be hard about even remastered games. It can be hard about playing old games because. The industry has has evolved, uh, generally, for the better, and so um, old games are gonna feel old. Um, but certainly, even with Zelda, uh, prior to Breath of the Wild, no one would ever really call the combat in it compelling. It's uh, always been more um, a requirement. A no, it's <laughs> it's it's. Um, Oh, I can't think of the of the word. Um, it's it it it's functional. Yeah, it does its job. And this is why I haven't 
actually gone down the rabbit hole of I I almost did, but I never bought the HD re-release of Onimusha because I have I hold that game so well in my heart and I love it so much and I don't want to go to replay it and be like, "Oh no, this plays like crap." Yeah. I'm really nervous about that. Even though I've almost done it multiple times. Yeah. That uh the opposite of that reason I think is actually why I'm excited for Devil May Cry 3 on the Switch is because they are actually updating gameplay systems in it to fit in with the later entries of the series with the yeah. style switching and whatnot. So that will be more fun to go back to, I think, than pretty much any of these other Capcom remasters, for sure. Or re-releases, whatever. All right. But yeah, that's that's all, that's all I got. So that covers all three of us. Um... And with that, we will go into our break, and we will talk to you soon. And we're back. Hopefully, while we were on our little break you were looking us up on the social medias at suplex the sticks on all social media we are becoming more and more active on there hopefully and at least attempting to and you can interact with us there and listen to us live on our discord when we record on wednesday nights if you want to do that Um, like right now yeah like well yes right now but also, not right now because you're listening live. to the record version of this. But right, let's take some calls. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's let's not do that because um, uh, it could get dicey. But it, yeah, it would be it's fun to be in our Discord. We talk about video game news and stuff, and you know, you get to hear more up to date opinions from us than uh, what we do weekly here on the show. And yeah. It's always fun. So follow us on the social medias and we appreciate the support from y'all. So with that, let's hear about my sad story. I'm going to tell you my sad story about my switch. Tell us the other day, put some, put some some sad music behind it in post. I I wish, (laughs) um, on Friday I was playing my switch and I noticed the backlight was being weird and I was like, what this is, What's happening? And so I thought maybe my eyes were just bugging out and I, I, I maybe was not seeing it right. And so then Saturday, I was at Disney all day. Sunday, I'm l- relaxing at home and I'm playing my Switch again. And I noticed the backlight bugging out. And I'm like, okay, this can't be a coincidence. Like the backlight is actually messing up. And then Monday... I realized that whenever you put any pressure on the unit on the right-hand side, the screen, the backlight starts jumping in levels. And so, and if you put too much pressure on it, as I figured out, it will just black out. Oh, Lord. And so I was like, oh, crap. I'm supposed to beat this game for the podcast. I, so what I've done is I've only played it in docked mode. And I have a repair set up with Nintendo. Luckily, I bought the new battery switch when it came out. So I will be able to get it fixed for free because there's nothing I've done that's caused this. It just has happened. 
And yeah, now I'm not going to have a switch for two to three weeks. So um, hopefully cloud saves work for Smash Bros. also so that I don't have to unlock all the characters again. Fingers crossed in case they have to like really replace the switch. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully it's just a screen thing and they can just send it back real quick. But um, yeah, I was going to start Kentucky Route Zero this week and I was real excited about it. And ah. now I have to wait until what a it, loss. it comes back. Sure. And I'm really bummed about it. Yeah. And so um, I'm going to find something on my Xbox to play. I, you know, I, I can to- I can tie this into our our first news thing. Maybe, maybe, uh, Seth, if you'll go on this journey with me, either we'll play the Borderlands DLC finally, or we can, we can play the division two together because right now, right now it is $3 on the store for some reason. And pretty good value. I'd say, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a relatively new game and they're, especially with their newly announced plans. Yeah, which I don't know if that's a great part of it, to be honest. I have simmered on Destiny, of course, with how they have changed their content releases and the fact that their game doesn't work with uh, 4K TVs, which is a whole other thing. I It's very infuriating. But De- uh, Division 2 is switching over to a three-month season model, kind of like popular live games such as Fortnite and Apex and Destiny and other I'm sure there's multiple other games that are doing stuff like this Um, and it's all coming with this new expansion that's set in New York called Warlords of New York that's coming out soon I think I think in March I can't remember the exact date but I wonder if uh, this New York I haven't like watched I don't know if they've released anything for this um, have they? Re- has there been any trailers for this thing? Uh, yeah, it's there was one. It's set in Manhattan, right? And um, the original Division Two had eleven zones, and this expansion is going to have four. I'm curious if this is literally like lifted straight out of the uh, first division. I didn't play enough of the first division to know where was the yeah. first. Div- I know the first division was in New York. Yeah. Was it in I don't, Manhattan? I don't, I don't remember which parts. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um, not sure either. Yeah. I don't know. That was just... I remember reading the the notes, uh, or rather the, the news, and I was like, did they really just like... Did they go back to New York just because they already had that uh, those assets and needed to do something to, um, and to, to get interest back up? But, of course, that is uh, all speculation on my part and likely not accurate. (laughs) (laughs) But also maybe completely accurate. Only one way to find out. This is part of Ubisoft. Remember, Ubisoft had a sort of identity crisis issue with um, Ghost Recon. I forgot the name of it. I think this one was Breakpoint. Breakpoint. And so... With that, they had an issue where they realized their games weren't working right and like people weren't playing them enough. And 
they were too similar to each other. So they had or realized they need to look at in the mirror and fix what they were doing. Yeah. And yeah, that's I think that's where we're at with Division Two is they're kind of getting their crap back together and hopefully this Warlords expansion uh reflects that. And yeah. I'm I'm willing to give it a shot because it the division always interested me, but I you know, it'd be cool to go to Washington DC and like see stuff that I've seen in real life. Yeah. So yes. I three dollars is <laughs> worth it. It's not that much money. Yes, it's not that much money. So it's it's good. I I'm gonna probably get that when we're done recording. But three bucks is like barely a lunch, yeah. and it's a f- like fifty hour game probably. So, Seth, you like Division One? I'm assuming you played through the whole thing. I did not play through the whole thing. I don't oh. know what made you think that. I, I played, thought I thought like... you played through it all with your brother. No, I played like a few hours of it. Oh, okay. I just I thought you got I thought you ended up getting a lot further than I did with him. But he he did play through one and two. So Yeah. No, I, I, I hopped off that journey unfortunately. Um yeah. It just wasn't like super compelling for me because uh like I wasn't super invested in the setting and the shooting didn't feel all that great. Um but apparently like the sequel improved all that stuff. Uh, so like three three bucks hard to pass up. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. However, if you are looking for a new um, a new loot shooter live game, um, Square Enix has released a trailer for uh, their take on just that. Um, have you seen this trailer for this game, Outriders? Um, yeah, yeah. The the like preview trailer at E three was really cool looking. Yeah, and like I over, over like the course of today, I was just thinking about that. It like it feels like for for me at least that original Outriders trailer from E three felt like it came out like three years ago. It feels like it's been so long. For me I had literally least. no idea that this was uh, revealed at E three. Yeah, I I saw the title like oh Outriders has a new trailer, and I went. Man, it's been a long time since I've seen E three was a weird time for you for the C three Seth. That were, is true. That you, is true. I wasn't able to like actually watch stuff. Yeah. Um it, so that explains why I didn't know about it. But yeah, uh so they released a new trailer for this game, Outriders, uh developed by People Can Fly, who we all remember from Bulletstorm, and I guess they did a Gears of War game. Um and Yes, I think they did they did Judgment, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they did, did judgment. judgment. Yeah. Um, and watching the trailer, like, you can tell, like, it looks a lot like a Gears of War game. Yes. Like, just the way people move and, like, it's a, you know, it's a third-person cover-based shooter. Um, and it's got, the, the visual style is has sort of a Gears look, but it's also, you know, it's got kind of shades of Destiny and also shades of Borderlands in there. Um, it seems intriguing. There's some cool, definitely some cool designs going on. Um, uh, it's coming out for, uh, it's going to be for current gen and next gen systems when it comes out. Yes, it is. Yep. And it's honestly the most interesting loot game that Square Enix has coming out this year. (laughs) 
Yeah. Because are there other ones? That, uh, yeah, the Marvel one is gonna suck. Oh, oh right. Yeah. <laughs> e. I, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That is supposed to be a live game. Yeah. Yes. Precisely. Yeah. Also, I completely forgot about it, which yeah. is great for marketing. Mm. Don't. But don't you care about all those voice actors? Like, is <laughs> that's their uh, selling point? Not and all real. those, all those slightly different looking character models than what you're used to. Man, and the Taskmaster that's just getting destroyed by Black Widow in the in the trailer. It's like, dude, doing my boy uh, Oh man, it's funny. <laughs> I was uh, old friend, old guy, old host on the show, Chris. Uh, we we're at uh, Disney on Saturday, and he was big mad about Taskmaster getting destroyed by Black Widow in that trailer because that is not how that's supposed to go. But no. okay, <laughs> um, so mm. you don't know. Maybe yeah. it's pre-powers Taskmaster. Yeah, maybe. Mm. We'll we'll get. Yeah. All right, so yeah, let's 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 continue the live game train, and the fact that EA and Bioware has finally acknowledged that they are doing a substantial reinvention of what Anthem is and how it's going to exist going on, and this has to be the biggest Bioware is trying to get its good name back in the gaming community move. Uh, yeah, because man, Anthem. <laughs> it's yeah so this was um originally like a few months ago this was a big uh jason schreier sh- scoop over at kotaku that they were um significantly revamping the game uh it's funny i saw a tweet the other day you can actually go in anthem now and like christmas decorations are still up in in yeah. the the player hub just because it has wow. not like the actual what is online right now has not has basically not been touched um but yeah so um it was originally talked about like Schreier wrote about it months ago and then he wrote a new piece um i think earlier this week or sometime last week about uh more confirmation that it's happening and then bioware themselves they confirmed that it was happening um and it's weird how this is one of the things like in the article it's it's weird how this has become like a trend with failed live games like getting these huge revamps um so that's just that's weird that that has happened with multiple games but i guess it sort of makes sense when you have put uh that much effort into developing a game that you don't want to just Throw it in the trash. And just try and move <laughs> on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hopeful that they do something worthwhile here because... Because like, the, the, the skeleton is good, man. Yeah. The, the original good. The, the original promise, The original promise of Anthem was very cool and something that, like, basically everyone was immediately excited when they saw it. Yes. Um... Of course, the issue is that is that when they revealed it, they didn't actually have an idea of what Anthem was. Um, so yeah, like the but the idea is there of something that is cool, and so I hope that they can um, figure out a way to uh, incorporate that to, to to make it work. Yes, I agree. Yep, that's. 
Ugh. I hope it works. I want them to do well. Bioware deserves to have their name unsullied because they they do a lot of good work. I mean, do they? Yeah. I mean, KOTOR, <laughs> Jade Empire. Okay, KOTOR was in like... Yeah, I, I was in high school when KOTOR came I out. don't care as much about the Mass Effect games. Well, um, I, I'll be the defendant of those. Okay. Yeah, at least two. So you got Mass Effect, <laughs> but again, when was the last time a good Mass Effect game came out? Andromeda had good gunplay, and I will defend that. Okay, Story, but was it a good game? <laughs> it was average. It was okay. fine enough. And then you also got Dragon Age, I guess, which a lot of people like, but a lot of people Inquisition, really like Inquisition. God, that came out. Oh, that was, was a that launch the newest title, one? wasn't it? Yeah, that is the newest one. That was like... They're building four. Or the it's next been one. like a long time since Bioware has done anything of note. Of yeah, positive I'm note. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> Anthem yeah. is noteworthy. They certainly have been in the news. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, you say they deserve it, but... <laughs> It seems like all they've done is put their teams under massive crunch and then deliver terrible games. Yeah. Their all history right. as a whole is more positive than negative, but okay, their recent well, history is overwhelmingly not great. Perception is reality, my friend. Yes. Indeed. And the perception of BioWare is that they <laughs> kind of suck. Yeah. Right now, it is true. If you're looking within the past five years, at least. Yes. And, like, beyond that is, like, literally a different console generation. So I don't know why you wouldn't. And a different, probably a lot of different employees. They probably have yeah. had a lot of churn. Yeah. People in that time, like Kate, All right. All in right. that time, Casey Hudson left and then came back. So, all right. We talked about Outriders. I'm excited about that. We talked about Division. We got all the live game stuff out of our system. Well, there is a another oh, sort of oh. type of live game okay. that was has a little bit of news. Okay. Uh, it's not really a video game. Um, but apparently, uh, earlier on Twitter, earlier this week, it was announced that um, Neopets is planning an animated series that is in early stages of development. What? Oh, snap. Does this mean Neopets.com is going to be back? Oh, man. Well, it's, it still exists. Like, you can still do it. Oh, I used to have a shop on there. I used to steal yeah. my sister's Neopets and play. Nice. <laughs> Neopets. Somehow, somehow in that time, it has never been, it has never created an animated series. But, um, and it's still not even, like, certain. Like they have, you know, they're 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 planning it. It's it's uh, yeah. This it's it's still a, a project right now. Like it's not concrete. Yeah, but that's good. Yeah, yeah, but that's like that's crazy. Yeah, wow. what a what a time to be alive. Neo. I hope it's baby. like I hope it's like grim dark and in the far. And it's like post-apocalyptic. I mean, Neopia. Yeah, listen, if you remember, like that world was kind of dark. That's true. Like there was always war happening. Yes. 
But, like, that's just not what the commercials for it showed. <laughs> Neopets, baby. You love it. Can't get enough. Quick, uh, what was your favorite Neopet? Ooh, I have it in um, my head. What's the one that was the rolling game? You, like, rolled Yeah, the... Armadillo. It was like a, 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 a Mirka, I, I think. No, what was he, the, I don't remember. It was the Armadillo one that was the rolling game. That was my favorite Armadillo, one. Armadillo, huh? Well, nice. maybe not an Armadillo one. My, my favorite was Kachik. Um, I don't oh, know how yeah, to describe Kachik. it. Oh, yeah, Kachik. But I have one that like is covered in stars. And I still have it, actually. I love that little guy. My favorite Neopet was... Jetsum. It was like a shark. Does he that have... scans for you. <laughs> he was cool. And I remember like he was, oh, he was he a limited cool. he was a limited species. Ooh. You couldn't always get him. Man. Neopets were the best. They were oh man. I've have like vivid memories of my first interactions with Neopets. It's so weird. <laughs> like I can I can literally picture like every detail of the first time that I experienced Neopets. <laughs> this this is going weird, but I like it. All right. Yeah. I was on uh, like a camping trip. <laughs> Something like that. It was it's so weird. It's funny how stuff like that sticks out in your head. Yeah. Yeah. But without like any even stuff that doesn't like have any sentiment. I mean, I guess sentimental, but there's not like any significance attached to it. It was just like some random person's house that I was in, and they had Neopets up on the computer, and I saw it. What is it with our obsession with <laughs> games where you collect? Give me those collectible creatures. monsters, baby. Yeah. yeah. You put collectible monsters in a game. I will play it to some extent. I mean, Kingdom Hearts 3D, that was great. Mm. Yes. Mm. Man, Digimon, Pokemon, Neopets, great. I think it's because, like, Pokemon came out when I, w- I was at, like, the perfect age to succumb to that. Yeah. And so it has always been in my DNA as something that I am interested in. Same here. And it's not even, like, collectible monsters. Like, that's that's why I like Bionicle so much. Because there were a bunch of different ones. And, you know, Beyblades. And, like, freaking Metabots. Ugh. Oh, man. I'm so mad at myself because I lost my Metabots. And I don't know where they went. And I think they got left up in like my, at my grandparents' house five hours away. And I never <laughs> found them again. That's just the last memory I have of them. Is playing with them at the kitchen table. Alright, so since we're talking about this stuff. Let's talk about Seth. Seth, you are the only one of us that has used Pokemon Home. Yes. I haven't used mine yet. It dropped like yesterday. So tell us us about the Pokemon Home. Well, it's literally just like an application for you to store Pokemon. Yeah, but it's got a rad dude on the internet. I mean, yeah, it's got a new professor named Grand Oak. Uh, interestingly, in the Japanese, his name, I don't, I forget what the actual name is, but it's essentially, um, like, Dino Oak, 
Like it's yeah. supposed to be like imply like a Dynamax version of Oak, but it doesn't really sound as good in English. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's <laughs> funny and weird. I like his glasses a lot. Yeah, he's really weird. Not he looks like he's from the, the future. Yeah. Yeah. He looks yeah. like Doc Brown. Yeah, like Doc- that's, <laughs> that's the vibe he gives is Doc Brown. Which Doc AKA Brown's the, from Back to the Future. The new, yeah. the the new Xehanort. <laughs> yeah. Man, that role is cursed. Um, but, huh. Yeah. Grand He's Oak. Cool. Haven't tried it yet. Seth realized a lot of the Pokemon he loves and have raised for a long time have bad stats. So Yeah, it's unfortunate. Listen, uh-huh. you don't play competitively, so it's fine. It is cool, though, that it is theoretically possible to get to transfer a Pokemon from, like, red and blue into the games now. Um, yeah, that's true. Through it's, it's, it's certainly a convoluted process. Um, Do you think there's anyone that actually has done that, Seth? Well, I don't know about red and blue, but I know there's a a game explained video of them going through the process of moving a, a Pokemon from I think it's like Ruby or Sapphire into up uh, into Pokemon Home and then into Sword and Shield. Okay, nice. so it's pretty cool, and it that. it also has like um like it has a Pokedex in it, so like you can actually have access to like the only thing is like you have to have every version of the of the Pokemon in. So you basically have to have a, a living Pokedex to be able to fill it out. But like you if you go on it, um it has all the available entries from games that those Pokemon are in. Um Ooh. It's pretty cool. And it shows you the different uh forms of them. It's honestly tempting I for me to download uh Pokemon Go. Now that I know I can, I can like directly transfer them into Pokemon Home. And then I probably into, won't though. Yeah. Um, I'll just I'll just make my dad download Pokemon Home and I'll log into <laughs> it on there. Nice. That that would work. I've got. Yeah. I'm I, actually going to do that. That's a really good idea. Yeah. But <laughs> so, you'll be taking his Pokemon from him. Well, I won't be taking them. They'll be living. You're on a literal Pokemon Team Home. Rocket member. <laughs> Look. I'm not taking anything against anyone's will. All right. So the last piece of news I have is a bit of a sad one. Um, But we can end this episode on a downer if we want to, unless Seth has more. Um, But the Outer Worlds on Switch port has gotten delayed by a month or two because the studio that was working on the port is in China and has been closed due to coronavirus concerns for right now. So they are not done with it yet. And to make up for that, originally the game was going to be only a DLC card inside of a case. Now you're going to get a physical cartridge. Huh. That's weird that this is what caused that to happen. Yeah. Virtuous Games is the name of the, the company behind the port. Gotcha. Hmm. Strange. 
I don't know. That's, I mean, that's weird. I remember seeing this, and I thought it was a hoax at first. But I guess it's real. That it's, darn it's not even going to be April. It's, they said when they have a release date to let us know. Gotcha. But yeah. you got to imagine once they know it's only like two months away, because literally March 6th is like right around the corner. Yep. So it sucks. Sucks. Yep. Coronavirus sucks. But, you know, at uh, least. Yeah. At least. You know, the, there's also, the, there's one other bit of bad news that I forgot to, to bring up. All right, but, go, go for it, man. Um, our friend Jeff Keighley has announced that he's not going to be at E3 this year. Oh. Yeah. Man. I heard about that it's earlier. because he today. doesn't have Death Stranding to look forward to anymore. It's because he doesn't have any new Kojima games to report on. I mean, it's it's really worrisome. E3 is in a state. And it is yeah, certainly there was, in a state. <laughs> there was a there was a large uh not scare, but people were questioning earlier today about whether Nintendo was actually going to have a presence there because I guess a an early list of the um like show floor um participants uh showed up and Nintendo was not on the list. Um so people are like, wait, is Nintendo not gonna be there? And then Jeff Keighley said he was not going to be there, and it was sort of weird. But, of course, Nintendo had previously confirmed that they are going to be there. So, it's weird. And, I mean, Microsoft's doing their thing, but they're not. Also, they're also not going to be on the show floor. They're going to be at LA Live. Um, I don't know. It certainly it doesn't appear to be going in a good direction. No, and... Yeah. With the... But this did happen a while back. Like, remember when they they moved it to like San Francisco or something? Yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. Everyone thought E three was going to die. Yeah, I remember. Um, and then it it came back. Yep. And and sort of regained the steam that it had lost. So maybe maybe that'll happen. Yep. Ooh, real quick, we do need to mention. I don't think we got to mention it last week. But the PS5 event is February 15th. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. We didn't talk about that last week because it wasn't out yet. Mm. But the PS5 event, at least an event, we don't know what's going to be talked about there, but it's on the 15th. Um, Oh, we did talk about, I said that, you know, if anything noteworthy happened. But just a reminder, keep your eye on the Discord We'll be talking about it in there, but PS5 event on the day after Valentine's Day. Yep. And E3 is dead, or, <laughs> or it's dying. R.I.P. E3. Seth, what will E3, what will Nintendo's booth be this year? Ooh, that's a good question. Mmm. Oh, man. That's so tough. I don't know. Especially Maybe. since we haven't had the fabled early year direct yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that it will be Pikmin. Oh. I was going with uh, um, that they were going to do a new Mario, and it would be Mario-themed. 
I'm thinking mm. Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, well, that would go... If I had said that, that would go against my prediction that it's not coming out this year. Yeah, fair enough. Who knows? We got like, like, to get that direct, though. Yeah. Give me that direct. I'm literally begging for it at this point. I, I, I just want to know what they're up to, you know? Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we maybe, all? Maybe next week. <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> hope. Every the, new every... week is just... Maybe tomorrow. That's the only thing keeping me going. That, <laughs> uh, we don't need to talk about the other thing that's keeping me going. For but. me, it's the Mega Man Zero and ZX collection coming out in like two weeks, baby. Oh. I will. I'll care enough when the Battle Network ones get announced. <sighs> well, you're mm. gonna have to deal with me not shutting up about it for yeah. that week. I'm sorry. All right. Well. Thank you for listening to us uh, ramble on about Neopets and all the other <laughs> random stuff that we talk about. We we love doing this. And is uh, Forrest, are you going to do the thing that I did with Mega Man X, where you talk about it for like four straight weeks? He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't beat games fast enough. I beat That's those true. games fast enough. I could probably beat all the zero games in one week. All right. Well, there are a lot fewer zero games than there are X games. It's true. Also, like, zero, the zero games are longer. super short to me. Just because I played through it so many times, I, I can just bulldoze my way through a bunch of them. All right, well, if you can give us a lore, a lore explainer. Ooh. Yeah. Because I, like I, went, I went deep in those X, in that X Yeah, lore. you yeah. should go back and listen to those episodes because they are dense. <laughs> and I did not have the willpower to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> so... Probably, honestly, not that great to listen to. <laughs> oh, no, well, unless you, well, I'll unless be you the like Mega Man X, I was, I was entertained. So, <laughs> but thank you for listening to us ramble on. We appreciate it, and uh, thank you for the support. If you could share the episodes with your friends, we'd greatly appreciate it. Let them know about us. Um, we are providing, you know, gaming takes from a. We are not supported by any of the companies, so you know that our takes are 100% genuine and we're not paid for them at all or we're not influenced in any way, so which is great. And so keep supporting media like that, whether it's podcasts or independent sites, and we will talk at you next week. Bye. Bye. Adios. Adios.